Welcome to the Women and Money Cafe, the weekly money podcast for women by women, exploring the practical and emotional side of money. The cafe isn't just a podcast, it's a community for women to feel financially empowered and have fun along the way. So come and join us in our Facebook group. Your hosts are Julie Flynn and Catherine Thomas Humphreys. Myself, I'm an independent financial advisor and certified financial coach. And I work with women where life has taken an unexpected turn to help them manage their money with confidence and envisage a new future. Catherine is the founder of The Finfluencer. She's a qualified advisor and financial coach and family finance expert. She helps parents to financially empower their family and create positive relationships with money, themselves and those they love. In today's episode, we're talking about the art of sharing finances. We all know that money can be a source of friction in any relationship. And in today's episode, myself, Julie and Emily are going to be talking about what has worked well for us, what hasn't, and also answering some of the questions you have kindly shared with us about how to broach the subject of joint finances. Well, I was going to say good morning, but obviously whenever you're listening, it's good morning, good afternoon or good evening. But lovely to be here this morning with Julie and with Emily, so usual cafe team. And we're here to talk about what can be that minefield of sharing finances, which is very different in many, many households. So it'd be interesting to see what we all do. And then maybe we can answer some of the questions from from some of you. Um, So first of all, good morning, both ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, good afternoon or good evening. We do this. I'm going to blame Catherine. She got us off on this, didn't she? Merry Christmas. Happy Easter. Good Friday. Uh... Hanukkah. (laughs) Eid. You can watch this podcast or listen to this podcast at any time of the year. That's the beauty of the podcast. (laughs) See, this is what happens when Catherine's not here to look after us. Listeners, if you're wondering, Catherine's absolutely fine. She's just having a couple of weeks off. She'll be back soon to take charge of us. But in the meantime, you're going to have to make do with the riot and chaos that myself, Michelle and Emily can cause. And we can cause a bit of mischief if we want to. (laughs) But in order to start us off, Julie, I wonder whether you might share your views on sharing finances. Oh, there's my views on sharing finances and then there's my experience of sharing finances. And oddly enough, it's actually my experience that's more coherent than my views. So my first relationship was with Brian, the husband that we sometimes refer to. And I'm still friends with Brian, even though we're separated. We met when we were students, so neither of us actually had any money at the time. So just whatever we had was just collectively known as ours. And then once we got jobs, we just carried on that it was just all our money. And I think it's from from a really nice place, actually, because at the start, Brian actually had more money than me. And he didn't see the point of him having money and being able to do things and enjoy them if I didn't get to come along too. Which, you know, that's really nice. And so that just kind of set the tone for our relationship with money. And it it worked out really well for him <laughs> because there was that short window where Brian earned more than me, but that, that kind of got eclipsed by the next 20 years because I work in financial services and we get paid well. Um, but it, has all, it had always just been our money. Um, and it wasn't so much the fact that I was the one that's earning it all that ended up being the problem for me. It was the sense of responsibility. 
that didn't sit well with me because I was always the one that earned more money. And partly the reason it worked out that way is because Brian got cancer very early in our relationship and his earnings never really managed to get back up to where mine were. I think it was while he was ill as well. So I was responsible for making all the money and responsible for organising all the money. And eventually, 20 years on, I think that really took its toll when I became unwell. So I'm unwell, but I'm still responsible for making all the money and organising all the money. And on reflection, if we'd been able to talk about it throughout the years and try and split it a little bit more evenly, maybe the relationship wouldn't have ended. So that's kind of, that was... Uh, that's my first relationship. A second relationship, I'm still trying to figure out how it works. <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> so I think, so I don't have a set method that I know lots of couples have. I guess the, other, the only thing I say is I get now how important it is to talk about it. Yeah. And I think that is key, it. isn't it? It is mm. key. Communication is is so important in a relationship, particularly with money, because it can be the biggest bone of contention in many relationships. Mm. So I think, you know, I think in your past experiences guide where you go in the future with this. Yeah, you know, it's really strange that even though I know it's really good and it's really healthy to talk about money, the first couple of times I did it with Faith, it it didn't feel comfortable. Because I realised that I'd, I was accidentally set off on the same path and the same pattern that I'd had with Brian. Then I went and trained as a financial coach. I'm like, oh, you don't want to do this again. <laughs> you need to do it differently. But I haven't quite figured out what differently is yet. Hmm. Well, it's nice to have a very sort of pregnant pause of thought there. I think there's just so much here, isn't there, that... Um, it's just so tied up with emotions and value and how we value ourselves and um, responsibility. It's all of this stuff. I mean, you think it's just money, but it's not. It's all of this other stuff. It's not actually the money, though, is it? No, it's not the money. Because even towards the end of the relationship with Brian, although that weight of responsibility on the money, with the money, was a thing that was a factor, it was more just me being responsible for everything. Hmm. And it was, just, you know, it's a reflection of other things that are going on in the relationship. But, you know, and I played an active part in that, you know, because whatever situation you're in, it's both of you got yourselves there. Hmm. So has you know, that lead you to change anything in the future? You know, I know you've obviously the first conversations that you've had in your second relationship were difficult for you. But what sort of mindset did you start with? Did you sort of think, I do need to change things or just see how things go? Well, I think I've got to be careful here because Faith listens to the podcast. Mm. <laughs> right. No, I think probably when we first went into the relationship, I probably went on, this, went on the same pattern that I've been with Brian. Then I trained as a financial coach and then I started to realise how I think and feel about money and how that influences things. And, and it's made me sort of take a step back and I, there's a recognition that I, it would be good for me and it would be good for other people in my life if I learned to do things differently. But that is still very much a work in progress. I think relationships with money are work in progress, aren't they, really? And Relationships how, are. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> so, Emily, in terms of you, how does sharing finances work in your world? 
Yeah, so um, I'm still married to my first husband. I haven't got to the second one yet. <laughs> so I've only got one real experience of the shared finances situation. So clearly Emily's husband doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> so no, luckily he doesn't, hopefully. Um, so I've really only got this experience. And, you know, when we first met, we had very similar roles, um, earning very similar money. Um, although he's six years older, so his probably his asset base was probably a bit more than mine at that point. Um, but you know what happens? You have children. Um, somebody's career takes a bit of a back seat for a while, which was obviously mine. Don't know why. I'm not really sure whether I actually agreed to that, or whether it just happened. But um, yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm sort of I had to leave. Oh, I left the city. I took a, you know, halved my salary probably by going out to the regions, doing regional banking. Um, and I think it didn't quite click with him quite how much my salary was reduced. So whilst we had almost before children just sort of split everything down the middle, having children and then taking a big pay cut, um, I, you know, I don't think that I was bold enough. I maybe was too proud, actually, really, to sort of say, actually, I can't afford to be putting in quite so much money into the joint account. And I and I remember thinking when I was working um, in commercial banking, having halved my salary, that literally every penny went and probably more some months. Um, so, yeah, I managed to get myself into a little bit of credit card debt and things because I was just overspending. I was still trying to have a lifestyle. I was still um, also um, working all hours and not really being organized in my own head and being mindful about where the money was going and yeah just you know you need time to actually organize your finances if, if you're a bit disorganized with it um, and that never happened so when I did take redundancy I was able to sort that all out I was able to clear debts I was able to start again and then luckily um, I think then it did twig that to my husband that I really wasn't earning as much as I was in the city and and therefore then we did manage to apportion a little bit more fairly our, our joint expenses um but you know I remember after I'd had the children and I remember very much thinking when I went back to work I absolutely have to go back to work and I have to go back to proper work and proper money because and this is where you know I think when when or if if I ever do financial coaching, which I'm probably the one of us in the cafe that's never done it, um, I think I might need to do a bit of work around this. But I I believe in a relationship that money is power, um, and and that's a weird thing. But that is definitely one of the reasons that sent me back to work after. Um, having children and I do think money is security money gives you options money gives you choices and allows you to leave a bad relationship if if you needed to and all of that I'm not sure power is the right word so I need to sort of is it independence maybe, yeah Emily? independence independence might be a better word but I remember distinctly having the, the word power in my head and I wanted yeah. power I yeah. just think you're amazingly brave to talk to us about this and I just wonder if you could go back to you who left the city to go and work in regional banks and took that financial hit and was still trying to operate the joint joint finances on the same basis, if you could go back and speak to her, what would you say to her? Don't be proud. 
Um, and actually more than that, make him realise the contribution that you're bringing that isn't just the money. Yeah. And, I, and like you said before, Julie, it's, it's, it's communication. Everyone should, especially when you have children. I mean, getting married, if you're not going to have children, then you can figure it out, can't you? It's when you have children and then sacrifices that have to be made. That's when you, you really do need to communicate and have a conversation about what's fair what everyone's happy with yeah all right all right that's cool all right michelle you've put you've put me and emily in the hot chair <laughs> i think it's only fair that you dish the dirt and how you how you've sort of managed joint finances through the years i think my my well, my story is probably quite similar to yours in that i am on my second husband <laughs> um and my first relationship i probably followed very much a pattern that i saw with my parents in that we we shared everything everything was we had joint bank accounts joint savings accounts everything was joint and and at the time you know I thought that was working quite well um when the relationship came to an end there were consequences to that which led me to feel probably a bit more vulnerable and I think that vulnerability sort of built up this independence in me this want to be independent I needed to be financially independent I didn't want to be reliant on someone else and as my husband probably now will tell you that's been brought with me and I keep that to uh, to account at all times because I am very much that I'm financially independent we do both contribute to the bills equally we haven't in the past when he was earning less than I was at that time but now that we so a bit more parity, we, we split the bills and then we, we sort of have what's left. But I do actually manage all of it. So that's probably the bit of the control freak in me. Um, but also it's that need for independence, I think. Mm. Mm, yeah. And it seems to be that... It doesn't seem to be there's many people that do it, like sort of the way Brian and I did at the start, where you just chuck it all in together and it's a free-for-all. I know that one of our listeners did get in touch to say that her and her husband did do that, but he left her in charge of all of it. So a bit like me, she was in charge of making sure everything was in the right place at the right time and it all happened. And she was okay with that. It's just me that wasn't. And then, But there does seem to be this pattern then emerging as we go into second relationships. Maybe people, do, some people do this from the start, that you have the joint account and the joint bills and the joint saving and food, and then everybody has their separate accounts. Um, but it seems that even that, even though that sounds like a simple solution, th there's nuances there. Because like Emily's told us, you know, when you've got a disparity between earnings, that that imbalance can can filter through in ways that aren't helpful. Um, but there's a situation that was, I've been sent in by one of our listeners. I won't mind your take on it, ladies. There's maybe not similar to your circumstances, Michelle. It's just they feel differently about it. And she's on her second relationship and all the bills are halved, but she pays the, the money to her partner each month. And she says it just leaves her feeling like she feels like a tenant. She doesn't feel like she's got a lot of control because he tells what half the bills are. She gives them the money and just there's, there's no transparency there. And I just say that the word she was using is it makes her feel like a tenant. And she feels really out of control about certain things. So I just wonder what your thoughts on that might be. I think in terms of that's when I think the communication comes back, because even though 
the scenarios, you know, probably similar in that, say, myself and my husband contribute, I actively want him involved to see what those what those bills are, what those expenses are, so that I, he doesn't feel that I'm just plucking a figure out of the air and going, oh, yes, this is how much half of it is. And we will now, it's taken us a while to get there, but regularly sit down and have that conversation. So I do think that can be helpful. As you say, the transparency, and then she may not feel that way because actually she can see where that money is, you know, where it's going and what it's what it's paying for. It's not for him to spend. It's actually providing that roof over your head and the food. So, but again, it all comes back to communication, doesn't it? And and maybe being able to maybe have that conversation with him, which may be difficult to start with, but edging in sort of gently and, and looking at looking at things together. Well, we have a lot of fun running the cafe. The reason we do it is to reach as many women as possible to empower them around money. So if you know a woman who would benefit from feeling financially empowered, you can help them and us by sharing this episode with them. I've got a friend who who does it that way, where he gives her the money and she pays the bills. Um, And I don't think that I could do it that way. We have a joint account um, and we put our money in every um, month into the joint account and um, for a time, my husband had lost his joint account card and he hadn't set up the app properly. So he was literally putting his money into an abyss and then getting annoyed with me at the end of the month when I said we'd run out because he didn't have any visibility over, you know, what things were costing. Mm. And also, I think that also, because then there would be a bit of an argument sometimes, oh, you haven't managed it right. Well, I, I don't know, maybe that's the case, maybe it isn't. But, you know, why should it be on me to be the one managing it? It's our joint expenses. You need to be aware of what things cost. You know, do you know what a family of four costs to, to feed? It's quite a lot, actually. Mm. Um, more than you might think. And then, more than my takeaway, Emily. Yeah, probably. <laughs> although not quite. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I think my point was that... Um, yeah, I think what happened was that because I would try sometimes and avoid the argument, I would just stick in more money of my own that I didn't really, I couldn't really afford to put in, whereas he was earning more mm. and he could have afforded to put more in, um, but I just didn't want the argument. But then actually then what happened was he complained so much about not having transparency and I said, well, it's not my fault that, you know, you can you can apply for another card. You can get yourself set up on the app, and that's what he did, and it's been much better since. Um, so he gets the notifications too. You know, if we're about to go overdrawn or whatever, and and then he sometimes now without me even prodding him, he just puts more money in. <laughs> so I think, yeah, you've got to be careful. If the money is being given to you, is it you that's taking responsibility for any excesses? I mean, it might work to your favour if you can be really savvy and shop in Aldi every week and tell him it's Waitrose, peel off the labels. <laughs> then you you can take advantage of the surplus. But look, it, I think we all know it's much better to be transparent and to discuss and communicate about these things. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Michelle? Yeah, I think definitely the transparency is is key and... And even though sort of in my scenario, I take responsibility to pay it all, I think it's really important that, you know, my husband can see what those bills are, where they've come from, why we have them, you know. And I think I'm, I even 
do it with my children. I even, you know, they're at an age now, they're sort of 16, 17, and I even sit down with them and they'll sort of, you know, mum, can you can you lend me this? Mum, can you give me this? And I'm like, well, I can, but I don't have, you know, infinite resources and, you know, maybe this month things are a bit tighter than other months and I'll actually sit down with them and show them. And as my eldest puts it, I don't like the cost of adulting. I think that's really not fair. <laughs> what do I? <laughs> but it's, it's just about preparing them for actually when they then, you know, have relationships with people that they know how to deal with, the money because I think we we just generally follow this pattern that our parents may have done our grandparents may have done and it doesn't necessarily work but I do think younger women and I think I see this more and more generally share their finances less so they may have the situation with a joint bills account and then a single you know a sole account each as well so you've got an element of sharing but also an element of I've still got my fun money I've still got my Mm. my bit that if I want to go and buy my husband a present I can or yeah. you know my my partner so I think it's you know it is it is about the transparency and if the person who has control so in my scenario yes I am responsible it all comes out of my account but I have now trying to work towards more of actually my husband being more involved because if I am in hospital or if I am ill or something happens it doesn't mean that things won't get paid because that could make a situation a whole lot worse. And I think it's just really important that that person is fully aware of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think having listened to both of you talk and I, I've read all the responses that we've had in from listeners, what strikes me is in shared finances, just by very definition, there are two people involved. And... You might be the person that's sitting there going, I don't like it like this. Or you might be the person that's sitting there going, this is just fine. But you don't know what the other person's thinking or feeling. And I guess if people were to take one action from today, I think what I would do is encourage them to sit down and think about the way we do money at the moment. What's the one thing I like about it? What's the one thing I'm less keen on? And ask your partner to have the same thought and then get together and compare because it might turn out, if you're not entirely happy, then it might turn out that they're not happy about the same thing and you can both get what you want. Or even if it is okay, then at least because you've opened the channels of communication, it's going to make it a lot easier further down the road if there are any bumps. Yeah, I think it's also important to start that conversation, as you say, doing those things on your own and coming from a calm situation. Mm. There's nothing worse than trying to talk about finances when something's happened and you're both either you know on the defense or you know you're both trying to maybe say it wasn't me and I think that's the worst place to start a money conversation from it has to be a okay we're in a nice calm place and we're in a nice you know because otherwise you're not actually arguing again about the money you're arguing about something else in your relationship but the money is what's being used as the weapon mm. yeah oh, it's like I always say you don't go food shopping when you're hungry no, you don't have conversations about money when a big bill's arrived. Yeah. Do you know what would be really interesting? I don't know if anyone will ever do this research, but obviously we know that the um, the rate of divorces and separations during the COVID period has really peaked. And it'd be interesting to know what's been the cause of that. Because, I mean, when people haven't been able to work and, and are not earning as much, that puts massive stress on a relationship, doesn't it? 
I think that's yeah. the whole reason we st- we started the Women in Money Cafe. Yeah. Was because of lockdown and the financial pressures people might find themselves under. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, no, that's sure. a good point, Emily. There will be research out there. All right. Yeah. We're doing a, um, just a little plug. Should we do a little plug for a future episode? We're doing okay. a um, prenup um, discussion, oh. aren't we, in a few weeks? Oh, yes. Yeah, stay tuned. Episode something or other. Yeah. I'll put the number in the show notes coming. We've got we've got the lovely Lisa, who's a solicitor, who's come to talk to us about prenups. Yeah. And uh, yeah, tune in for that, actually. So it's going to give you some tips on how to, how to start having these money conversations if they feel just a tiny bit awkward. Yeah, but um, one thing I would say, just to, to put it out there for anyone who's sort of like five years into a marriage that might not be working, <laughs> um, six years, I believe, and we'll get Lisa to confirm this, I don't want to give you the wrong advice, but six years is the is the period of time that um, your marriage or relationship is deemed to be long term and there's all sorts of rights that accrue <sighs> at that six-year point. And I know this because my sister... Um, had a husband um, who in the past tense had a husband <laughs> and um, funnily enough was with her for six years and then mm, yeah I think he did his research oh. but yeah anyway just putting it out alright well that's that's a bit of a teaser for a future episode yeah. isn't it alright have we got anything else we want to add to this subject later I think we've, I think we've covered a lot of ground hmm. um yeah, I would just say, um, we talked before about um, money coaches or financial coaches. And I think I'd just say that if anyone is struggling to have these conversations with their partners, I think maybe that's a good place to go. If you could have a couple of joint coaching sessions. I know you guys do it. And Catherine is very good at dealing with the blended families as I well. i tell you what I shall do. I shall stick in the show notes a link to a little PDF document I've got, which is four tips on how to start conversation about money with your partner that might be helpful might not yeah i will stick that in the show notes folks um but i think is that everything for today i think so i think we've covered most of the areas haven't we all right expertly done by michelle so thank you very much we haven't talked about the practicalities but i guess we weren't intending to so much um we can come back to that well yeah come back to that emotions (laughs) emotions <laughs> emotions behind it yeah one one step at a time <laughs> yeah baby steps baby, baby steps. steps all right everybody enjoy the rest of you and thank you very much for joining us thanks for listening to the women of money cafe with julie flynn and Catherine thomas humphreys well we have a lot of fun running the cafe the reason we do it is to reach as many women as possible to empower them around money so if you know a woman who would benefit from feeling financially empowered You can help them and us by sharing the show with them. And there's nothing we love more than hearing about the changes you've made. Seriously, it's what makes this all worthwhile for us. So please drop us a voice note and share. You can contact us, hello, at womenandmoney.cafe. You've just been listening to our financial chat, but please know none of this constitutes personal financial advice. Please reach out to one of us or any of the other fantastic financial advisors in the UK for that kind of help.